Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Awesome, thank you. You may be seated. You enjoying yourself tonight? Good. It's good. Well, it's great to see you. Uh, As I think Tony mentioned earlier tonight, I am speaking tonight on a subject which we've entitled My Life Verse. And uh, just in case you're wondering, what is a life verse? A life verse is simply a uh, passage of scripture. It's a found in the Bible and it's something that we would go back to time and time again for encouragement and for strength. And um, I believe many Christians have a life verse. In fact, only last month, you would have heard if you were here, Ashley shared his life verse out of 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here and you didn't hear that, then you can jump online, go to our website or go to the podcast and download that message because it uh, will surely bless you. And coming up over the next couple of months, we've got different um, of our team members who are preparing their life verses because we understand if it's been helpful for them, then it should be helpful for each and every one of us. So that's coming up uh, in the next couple of months. So make sure you pop that in your diary. We'll let you know when that's happening. But tonight you get to hear my life verse. And so if you have your Bibles with you, you'll find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. If you don't have your Bible with you, then it will be up on the screen behind me. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is my favourite verse about my least favourite subject. And that subject is temptation. And I know this may be shocking to you, but I'm actually quite experienced in the art of experiencing temptation. See, temptation is something that I have had to deal with all my life. In fact, it's something that shockingly I am still dealing with. And if truth be known, it is something that I will continue and probably always be dealing with. But the good news tonight is that, I'm not alone, but no, the good news tonight is that the Bible has equipped me to be able to deal with temptation in such a way. And I wanted to be able to share some of those things with us tonight. See, what you have to understand is that temptation is common to all of us. You heard me, you are not immune. Now, I don't know if you are here tonight and you thought, you know what, as a believer, as somebody who has decided to follow Christ, make him Lord and Saviour of my life, I am now immune to temptation. I know I'm going to be speaking the gospel, which is the good news. Right now, I'm giving you the bad news. The bad news is, uh uh-uh, there is nothing that we can avoid temptation. I mean, really? I think I'm a Christian, but I also have the job description 
of being a pastor. You think if anybody could get some form of diplomatic immunity from temptation, it would be a pastor. Sorry doesn't work that way. I found God says, because my favourite scripture says, common to all. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say she's talking to you. Now turn to the person on the other side and say, no, 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 it's you. So temptation is common to all of us. As Christians, we are not immune. We cannot escape it. On the flip side of that, not only can I not escape temptation, so like I'm not immune to it, I'm also not um, the subject of some divine, or not even divine, but some assignment set out especially to get me. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. If you feel like you're being assaulted by all these things, you think, it's just me. So if you were in my position, you would understand and you would feel this way because there's some special assignment just to take me out. Well, I'm sorry, just like we're not immune to temptation, we're not so special that it is just us. That scripture says, common to mankind. You and I are in the same boat. We are all exposed to temptation. And the thing I've discovered is that temptation never goes away. Its face may change. See, the things that tempted me in my teenage years are probably some of the things you can start to get a handle on and deal with. So we start to think, well, I've dealt with temptation. Oh no, we haven't dealt with temptation. It just changes its face. When I was 19 or in my teenage years, maybe the areas of temptation are things like purity and and serving God and putting him first and being honourable in my dating relationships and honourable with what I'm looking at and honourable in in terms of what I'm watching on television and the internet and what I'm reading. And so you get married and you get a little bit old and you think, well, I've sorted and I've dealt with that. But temptation just changes face. It becomes when you're in your 20s, you start to get tempted with the things of, you know what, God, I think I've got this thing called life. I think I can do this without you. And we're tempted to think that we're master and lord of our own life. And so temptation might not be in the form of um, getting things on the internet or having wrong relationships. It comes in the form of not, not... I'm self-sufficient. I got this. I don't need God. And then again, as we get older, temptation can come in the form of of identity and then comparison and what I've got's not good enough. I like what she's doing and what she's got and I want to aim for that. So temptation never stops. It can just change face. And there's a saying out there that says, opportunity knocks occasionally, but temptation knocks daily. So the Bible tells me that Temptation is common to all. It also tells me that temptation is not a sin. You see, temptation is not a sin. It's just an opportunity to sin. And we've got to remember that in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus goes into the wilderness. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible records that the enemy came to tempt him. And yet the Bible goes on to say that Jesus was without sin which means that temptation then is not a sin because Jesus was tempted, but yet at the same time, he was without sin, which leads me to my next point. Not only is temptation common to all of us, not only is temptation not a sin, the good news is temptation can be overcome. And Jesus points us to that fact. We don't have to give in to temptation, but God himself empowers us to face it. And that's what I love about my life first, because it says he 
will not let us be, be tempted beyond what we can bear. He will provide a way out for us to endure it. We have to know and understand tonight that when it comes to temptation, the God factor is all important. And so I just want to share with us quickly just three things that we need to, be, to remember when we face temptation. Because we've already established we all face temptation. If you're not facing temptation right now, possibly when you leave the auditorium, you'll have an opportunity to face temptation. Possibly you'll see some good-looking filly if you're a man and think, ooh. Or possibly you'll have the opportunity that they gave you the wrong change in the cafe and you think, ooh, God is blessing me, I'll keep that change. All of us are gonna face temptation. And I just wanna be able to share a couple of things that we need to remember about God because it's God who empowers us to help us overcome temptation. And the first thing I wanna share with you tonight and that we need to remember is that God is present. That scripture says, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And what I get with that, it says, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. You know what that tells me? says that God is with me. Why? Because he knows right now what I'm facing. He's told me that he won't let me be tempted more than I can bear, which means he knows what I'm going through. And for him to know what I'm going through, he has to be there, right? The very thing that we have to understand is that God's name is Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. So when you're in that situation, when you're in that season and you're finding the onslaught of something that actually I just know that that's not right, I really don't wanna do that, I'm struggling with that, we need to remember that God is present. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which means if nothing can separate us, then God is with us, God is present. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we can feel like God is not there. But the truth is, just because I feel like God is not there doesn't mean that that is true. And I just had this idea, I wanted to present to you a picture because I want you to hear what I'm saying, but I want you to see a demonstration of what that means. Because if I can relate that to you, the whole point of my life verse is to help you so you can understand, this is what has helped me. I want it to help you. And I've asked Jono if he would bring a little prop up on stage for me so that I can explain. So as Jono does that, thanks Jono, I'm gonna take a drink. <clears throat> Beautiful Jono, thank you. <clears throat> In case you can't see, I have a bike here up on stage. Now we're talking about the fact that God is present and yet sometimes we feel that he isn't. And I don't know about you, but can you remember when you first learnt to ride a bike? Now, I know for some of you on the left-hand side here, you don't recognise this because it doesn't have a massive big wheel at the front and a little wheel at the back. It's not a penny farthing. No, you're right. But it is a, it's a push bike, okay? So this is a push bike here on stage. And I don't know if you remember what it was like when you learnt to ride a bike. You see, I was seven when I got my first bike. I think apparently that's old. I was seven. Don't judge me, don't judge my parents. In fact, I cried today when I was thinking about it because my mum and dad obviously couldn't afford to buy me a new bike. So my very first bike was an old reconditioned bike that my dad lovingly restored, painted for me and uh, presented it to me on my seventh birthday. 
And I remember coming out of the bedroom and in our lounge room was this really nice, it was red. I was a little bit dull confessing. I was a bit devastated that it, no, it was orange. Thinking, orange, who picks an orange bike for a girl? But anyway, thanks, Dad, love you. <laughs> so I woke up, my seventh birthday in the lounge room was this bike. So of course, like every kid, you want to go ride this bike. And so I remember we'd, my dad took the bike outside and we had a really long driveway. And um, I've never been on a bike before. And so you get on the bike and what does dad do? Dad comes alongside and he holds the bike for me because I've, I've never been on a bike, so I don't know what to do. So dad would hold the bike. He's got the handlebars in one hand. He's got the seat in the other. I'm perched on this bike and he is walking me down the driveway, just letting me get the feel of holding this bike, what it's like to be on the bike. And we've done that a couple of times. We're going backwards and forwards and dad. And then gradually dad then moves. I'm getting the hang of holding the handlebars. You're like, oh, oh, this is all right. This is okay. And then dad moves to the back. All right. So then dad's behind me and dad's walking me down the back. And then you start to get, you know, because we're confident seven-year-olds and think we've got the world. We know what we're doing. So you start getting a little bit of speed going and then dad starts then he's, he's jogging with you, like, you know, keeping up, it's cool. And then, then you're getting, like, really confident, and, um, he's, you know, then Dad's, he might take his hand off, but he's still there. So he's jogging with you, and you're, you know, got it, got it under control. Dad's jogging with you, and then you get to the point where Dad is, he's behind you, and he's just getting further and further back. And there are times when you're doing that, and then all of a sudden, there's the revelation that, where's dad gone? Like, he's not on my side. And then, and then the speed wobbles at 3Ks an hour come, you know? <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden, the bike feels heavy. And it's like, oh no, this 20 kilo bike is like getting heavier and heavier. And the fear rises in you because why? You can't see dad anymore. You can't feel dad's presence anymore. But is dad gone? No. Dad is there. Dad's right, be- he's right behind, even to the point where you realize, you know what, you're getting quite good. Dad might be at the end of the driveway, but the point is, he's still there. And the trick for us tonight is to remember whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter whether you feel God isn't there. The truth is, he is. The Bible says that if we as heavenly fathers know how to give good gifts, yet we're evil, how much more our heavenly father? And if you're, I wanted to show you that picture there because that makes sense to you. You've all experienced that. You've seen it. You've done it yourself. If you're a parent, that's exactly what you've done. You wouldn't think to just, you know, my dad didn't say, here's the bike, got it out the front door, put it on the top of the driveway and then went back in and had a cup of coffee. It's like, you don't do that. How much more our heavenly father He is present. Despite what you're facing, despite where you find yourself right now, despite whether you think or feel that you can see him, you can feel him, you need to understand when it comes to temptation, remember the God factor. And the God factor is he is present. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is watching you. The key is when the pressure comes, when the fear rises up, when the nerves come, and I'm not sure, our responsibility is to call out, Dad, Dad, where are you? And then that's again when his presence comes. He says, here I am, I'm here. No temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. God is present with you. 
And as I was walking this afternoon, this is how much God is present with us. I'm walking this afternoon, just preparing my heart to be able to share. I come around the corner to our house and what do I see? I see a dad with his little girl on a bike. And I was like, oh Lord, you're so good, you know. You're present, you know what I'm going to say. I seriously, my dog's like... (laughs) But you know what? The little girl did exactly what I said. She got a little bit ahead of her dad and then she saw me. She kind of went, she went, Dad! And he was was up behind. He said, I'm here, sweetie. I'm here. Whatever you're facing, remember, God is present. The second thing I get out of this verse, which helps me when it comes to the fact I'm facing temptation, is not only God present, but God is able. It says, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure. He's not just present, but he's able to, he's strong and able to stop you falling. Psalm 46, one says, God is our refuge, our strength, our ever present help in trouble. Not only was my dad with me when I was learning to ride a bike, but my dad was strong enough to be able to stop me. So you remember, you're a seven-year-old girl you're riding the bike and you've got the wobbles. You want somebody who's strong enough to be able to hold you and pull you back. Because none of us got on the bike and just went, that's it, I'm done. And we had a little tradition in our family. I only had one nana. Um, all my other grandpas and grandmas had passed away when I was really young. So we, my nana used to always come and she would stay the night and she'd be there when we woke up. And so you know what? My nana was present the day I got my bike. In fact, my nana was out on the driveway with us when I got my bike. But you know what? My nana wasn't able to help me ride my bike. I don't think my nana would have been able to keep up with me walking alongside. I certainly know that if when I got the wobbles and I landed, if my nana tried to reach out and rescue me, I think we would have been off to hospital with a broken hip. I love the fact nana was there. But you know what? Nana isn't able It's our heavenly father that is able to be able to help us when it comes to temptation. I love the things that we've been given. I love the fact we have church family. I love the fact that we have friends. I love the fact that we can come together. We can do connect groups. We can do all these things. The support is amazing, but God is able. I don't know what it is that you are facing, but I do know that God is present. And I do know that God is able and strong. He's your ever-present help in times of trouble. And so wherever you find yourself tonight, if you're on that bike and the steering's wobbling and you're worrying about it and it's feeling too heavy, then cry out to your God, to your daddy, who's not only present, but he's strong enough to help you. I remember for those of you who may not be aware, but we as a family have just walked through a health journey with Tony, shared some of it tonight with how it ended in his heart. But I remember the very first week that he was in hospital and it was a Friday and they were just starting to work out what was going on, what was wrong, what was happening. And they started to declare over us a long-term prognosis. And they started to say things like, you know what, this is six weeks in hospital, let alone all the other stuff. And I remember I rang a friend of ours in Sydney. He's a campus pastor there at Hillsong. And I just, I remember speaking to um, Sam and I just said, you know what, Sam, this is what's going down. I'm letting you know so that you can um, just help us talk with us. And it was at that time where I just thought, you know what, I'm a wife 
And I'm a mother, that's my first priority. So my husband is, at that stage they said, fighting for his life. I need to be here. And Sam said to me, you know what, Kath? He's, and because it was Friday and, and church is coming up and we, we had plenty of family and friends who were putting their hands up, ministers around the world. He said they could come and um, carry the church through it. And Sam just said to me, Kath, God has said you need to lead the church through this. And let me tell you what that was like for me. That was, took me straight back to being a seven-year-old girl sitting on my bike, feeling like, you know what, I've... I'm out of control. Like I'm trying to learn this thing. There is no way I can do this. And Sam just said to me, you know what, Kath? God is able. And it took me straight back to this when I thought, you know, I am a wife. I am a mum. I have a responsibility to that, but I had a greater responsibility and a call to what God had asked me to do. And he said, I want you to lead the church. I tell you that because we're talking about my life verse. We're talking about temptation. The temptation was to take the easy route. Nobody would have condemned me. Nobody would have said, oh, that's a silly thing to do. Everyone would have said, that makes reasonable sense. But God, because God said, this is what I've called you to do. This is what I need you to do. The temptation is to, I'm just going to look after myself and I'm running hard. When I'm in a situation that, you know what? For 20 years, people have been saying, hey, Tony, what do we do here? What do we do here? And now they're saying, Kath, what do we do? I'm like, (laughs) going, where's dad? You know? Brick wall is coming at 20 miles an hour. God is able. It wasn't me. It was God is able. And I want to encourage you, whatever you are facing tonight, God is able. Cry out to God. He's not only present, but he's able. He's strong to be able to carry you. You might be looking at your situation saying, my wife just left me with the kids. I'm not, you know what, you're not able, but God is able. You might be looking at this situation with your dating relationship and saying, I'm it's struggling in how to keep my purity. You are and will struggle, but God is able. I'm not sure what it is you're walking through. What I do know is not only God present, but God is able. He is strong enough for you to be able to help you with what you are facing Are you actually including him in? When you're facing temptation, remember God is present, God is able. And the third thing is, God is faithful. It says in my life verse, and God is faithful. Whatever you're facing right now, remember God is faithful. God's faithfulness has nothing to do with our unfaithfulness. 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, If we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown himself. It doesn't matter how many times you stumble. doesn't matter how many times you fall. God will never give up on you. Just like your dad. Nobody got it first time. Well, if you did, keep it to yourself because no one likes a bragger. But most people don't get bike riding first time. All of us (coughs) hit the wall, lose it, fall over, get the speed wobbles. But whose dad ever just went, oh, I showed you once, that's it. Like I've got the dunce of a kid, can't ride a bike. No. You know what? My dad never gave up on me. My dad is committed to my ongoing growth and maturity. And guess what? Again, if my 
earthly father is committed to my ongoing growth and maturity, how much more my heavenly father? You know what? We may take a tumble. There were plenty of times I, we had a nice big brick wall running down the side of our driveway. Handy because there was a four foot drop on the other side, so at least I didn't go over. But I had scrapes because, you, again, I don't know, I think there was something wrong with the, um, what do you call that? It's the same with my car. There's something wrong with the steering. <laughs> Keeps hitting trees and stuff. But anyway, <laughs> or parking stuff. Anyway, different point. But I don't know how many times I scraped my knees. I don't know how many times I banged my knees. I fell off. I got my jeans caught in the pedals. You're not a kid riding a bike unless you've had your jeans caught in the chain and gone over the handlebars. Things like that. You don't know you've ridden a bike till you've done that. I don't know how many times my dad never gave up on me. He never said, oh, you're never going to get it. And here's the thing. He never let me give up on myself. And I don't know, again, what it is you're facing. I don't know the temptation that you're struggling with. I don't know the thing you're saying, God, I can't stand this anymore. It's too much for me. God's saying, no, it's not. He's saying, I'm faithful and I'm here. He may have to dust you off. You know what, maybe you've got to patch a few things up and put some band-aids on or some betadine or whatever's needed because of the damage for the accident that you've had. It's not the fact that you fell off. It's not the fact that you hurt yourself. It's the fact that you've got to get up and back on the bike. My dad, every time I fell off, yes, he would hug me. Yes, he would cuddle me. He would console me. He would calm me down. But you know what? He never let me go back inside. Never. Every time I came off, he would settle me down, calm me down. And if I wanted to go back inside, you know what I had to do first? I had to get back on the bike. Because that's what a loving father does. He's faithful. He's not going to give up on you. And he certainly won't let you give up on yourself. So the next time you're tempted, you need to remember that God is present, God is able, and God is faithful. And not only that, there's just five things. I thought I wanted to leave you with some practical keys, some things that you can do. You're facing temptation. Something's coming your way. Maybe you've been struggling to give up a habit. Maybe you, um, in a relationship that you just, I can't go on anymore. There's some things that we can practically do that can help us. And they're going to come up on the screen behind me. But just quickly, some practical things you can do is you need to keep a real relationship with Jesus. What I mean by that, I mean prayer, I mean reading your word, I mean coming to church, going to connect group, just doing the things you know you need to do. Our Christian relationship is real and it's vibrant. It's not a set of rules that are going to keep you doing that. I've read the instructions on how to ride it. You know, you can actually Google online how to, how to ride a bike, things they tell you to do, but that didn't help me ride the bike. It's actually getting on there and doing it. So keep a real relationship with Jesus. Remove yourself from environments of sin wherever possible. So in other words, if you're trying to give up smoking and it's lunch break and all your mates go to the lunchroom and they're all sitting around having a cigarette, well, you know what? A smart thing for you is don't go there. Do I have something against your workmates that smoke? No, I'm trying to help you because you want to give something up. And if you surround yourself in that environment, it's almost near impossible. So remove yourself from environments. Replace those sinful influences. You often hear when people say they're trying to change their dietary habits. And we're so used to just snacking and go to the fridge. They'll say things like, instead of getting up and going to the fridge like you do, go for a walk. 
go do something else. You can't just say, well, I'm not going to go to the lunchroom and, and not see the girls because I won't smoke. You've got to replace it with something. Go do something so that you won't find yourself in that situation. Refuse a temptation when it comes. You know, it's okay to say no. Temptation is the only thing you don't have to be polite to. It's just like you just say no. It's like no. And I think we try, oh, we try to dally around with it. Oh, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. It's like no. You know, we've said with our kids, there are certain boundaries that we have. There are certain things that we say. No is no. When temptation comes, don't flirt with it. Don't, oh, you know, I don't want to hurt its feelings. You just say no. Joseph ran. When part of his wife said, oh, you're looking mighty fine today, Mr. Joseph. And I think I'll have a piece of that action. He didn't say, well, you know, sweetie, thank you. I'm really flattered. Like, really? I'm really honoured that you would think that of me. He said he ran. So much so that she had already had hold of his coat and garment that he ran naked out of the house or in his undergarments because he couldn't wait to get out of there. Don't be polite with temptation. Refuse it. Say no. And then finally, as I hand back to Tony, if you do mess up, because none of us are perfect, it says we don't have to be overcome, but we can fall and fail. If we do, then what we need to do is repent. We just need to say, you know what, Jesus, I got it wrong. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Temptation is common to all of us. Temptation in itself is not a sin. Temptation can be overcome and we overcome temptation with the God factor. And when you're facing temptation, won't you remember, God is present. He is able, and above all else, your heavenly Father is faithful. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 